Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. Hello, Equipers Budapest. It is a big, truly a big honor for me to be here, to have an opportunity to preach. This was such a nice introduction, actually. Um, well, one of the best introductions, maybe the best one I've ever received. You know, I could, I could speak a bit about church, about our story and so on. But today my topic is so different from the church, from what we do, from what we accomplish. It's actually the very opposite. So I'm not going to say anything about my church and about our story because first, Marta said it all. Second, <laughs> it's not that much important. You know, most of us, we see each other and we see ourselves based on what we do. We have the tendency, you know? If I ask you a question, a very deep question, not an easy question, if I ask you a very plainly, who are you? What would you tell me? Who are you? Would you say, well, um, I work at that place. Or, um, I have so-and-so children. Or I planted a church, you know, five uh, years ago and we meet in a former nightclub. What would you say? I leave this question unanswered and I'll go to my topic. Because actually, in life and in life with God especially, it's not that much important what we do. But the very thing, the very important thing and way more important thing is who we are. Right? Our identity is more important than our actions, because our actions are based on our identity, right? It's not the other way around. So today I will speak actually about my life topic, the topic of my last few years in life. My last few years in life was, were about building my identity on a good foundation. My theme today is called Four Gifts of the Father, and I will speak about the role of the Father in our lives. It's crucial. I will speak about four gifts that every good father gives to his children, and I will take Jesus and his relationship with his Father as a main example. We are in church, so it may not surprise you when I say Jesus is a hero. He's a superhero. He's a superhero for me. Even if you're here and you don't believe that Jesus is a son of God, you may you may say, yeah, he is one of the most or the most important person who influenced our world society the most. I think we would agree at least on this. And you know, what's interesting about the stories of the heroes, of any hero, we also judge them by what they do, by their abilities, right? So if I say, for example, Hulk from Marvel, what comes to your mind as a first thing? It's kind of a green strong guy right and you don't want to make him angry right if I say uh, some other heroes you know Superman you know he uh, yeah is the guy who can fly right and if I say Jesus well we would say yeah he died on a cross in order to save the humanity in order to save you and me and what we do with 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 the stories of the, of the heroes is that we judge them by their ability, but 
what made Jesus the way he was? What, what is the, the anatomy of the leader? How did he have the strength and courage to become what he became? The secret is his relation with his father. He needed the father. We believe as Christians that Jesus was fully man and fully God. Yet as a God in a human body, he needed to be close to his father. And just like him, everyone needs a father. In every single one of us, regardless of our age, there is a cry and a deep need of a loving father. And there, there comes a tension because, you know, when I say Jesus, there is like one Jesus. Of course, of course there's more, many images of Jesus. Maybe your image of the Jesus is not, is not the best one. But there is one Jesus. You know, when I say Holy Spirit, you might say like, well, I don't know him that much. Maybe some of you. But there is still one Holy Spirit. You can't mistake him that easily for someone else. But when I say Father, oh boy. There is always a father in our life. And maybe you didn't know your own father and that makes it even more complicated. But there was a father. There was a father and there's a reason why you are here and you're sitting here today because there was a father and there was a mother. Right? So when we say God the father, sometimes our head is messed, messed up. Because when I say God the father, immediately in our heads, there is our earthly father entering into the play, entering into the scene. And usually and often not making the image of the God the father any better, you know. And maybe your dad was amazing. But you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a father now and I know I can't, I can't give my daughters a perfect image of a father. I just can't. That's why I really, I try to do my best, of course. But also, I really hope and pray but that they find, they will find perfect father for them. Because I can't be that. I can only show them the way to the perfect father who doesn't fail. And if we experience some deficit in the relationship with our earthly father, it's very probable that we will carry that deficit over to the relationship with our heavenly father. And that's what I'm going to speak about today. Our relationship with our earthly father has influence over much more than our, than our spiritual life. Actually, it has massive influence over our whole life and well-being. You know, there is much research proving that a present loving father has a huge impact on very practical things. How the children are going at school, in relationship, in emotional health, how will they do in their jobs, how will they do in their future. If there is a, a present loving father, there is way smaller chance to get in trouble in life for children. That's just fact. There are many researches supporting this. Did you know that the millennial generation is often called a fatherless generation? And when I say fatherless, I don't mean only families with no father, but also families where the father was not active, not present. Or didn't have healthy influence. In one of these articles, the psychologist Phil Zimbardo paints a broken image that many young men today have in mind about what it means to be a man. These are some characteristics. For example, never ask for help. Figure out problems on your own. Do not admit your failures. Do not ask anyone. Do not speak about stuff that is too personal. Emotions are for girls and men don't, do not cry. And that is very dangerous stigma. Because then often we men suppress our own emotions that come out often later, mostly by anger or resentment. 
and we are often used to carrying the weight of, our, of the world on our shoulders and we're crushed by it, how do we cope with that? Of course, we run. We run. I saw, I saw so many young men and older men running from life. I saw myself running so many times. How do we run? Where do we run? Well, to something that's easy. Computer games, just consuming content online. We run to our jobs often. We eat unhealthily. We drink too much alcohol. We can have very few true friends. Would you agree with some of this? So what we need is a strong and well-functioning example, right? And today, as I mentioned before, we will take a look at the strongest and most healthy relationship between a father and a son we can possibly choose. We will take a look at how the Bible describes the relationship with Jesus and his father. And we'll take a look at the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus hears these great words during his baptism, or actually shortly after it. Matthew 3, 16 to 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. <laughs> These are the words that every person on this room and every person outside in Budapest, every person in Hungary and in the world wishes that his father would say out loud in the presence of others. Imagine that your father in the presence of you and the other says, look, this is my son. Look, this is my daughter whom I love. He, she is my joy. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of her. Every one of us would love to hear that. And even though maybe your father tried to express it, but not with words, well, you can't just, you can't just replace it with some other stuff. You need to, when, when somebody says it, there's power in it. There's power in what we speak. And so, do you know what's important about these words? Very key thing is the timing. Because it corrupts our image about that our identity and value is based on what we do. Because at this time, Jesus is about to be 30 years of age and he actually hasn't done anything particular and anything supernatural yet. Nothing. He was a carpenter. There are no crowds following him, no disciples, no miracles. So what his father is telling him is not a reward. It's not a reward, guys. And God's identity for you is not a reward. Identity cannot be rewarded. It is given for free. Yet we can reject it. Yet we can try to replace it with something else. But God gives identity for free. It is a gift from a father to his son. And we live in a world where we, we need to deserve everything. But God's love actually does not care at all about our performance. At all. It's an identity thing, not a merit thing. And even stronger passage, a few chapters later, you actually can read the same, very same words about, from, uh, about Jesus said by God the Father for the second time. But this time he actually adds one more thing. It's on the 
it's called the mountain of transfiguration, but there was another miracle happening. And it's, it's in Matthew 17, 4 to, uh, yeah, 17, 4 to 5, verses 4 to 5. A bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. There is one thing added. Listen to him. This is a beautiful scene. We don't really have much time for this, but I love how the Bible, in some of the most serious, top, serious passages, adds something funny. Have you ever noticed it? In this passage, actually, they're on the mountain, and there, you know, there is this, this scene where actually two guys from the Old Testament they appear and they speak with Jesus to, to uh, heroes from Hebrew history. And there is this holy moment, you know, when there is this um, uh, uh, heavenly music playing, you know. And when if it was the movie, there was this, you know, angels singing and all this scene is happening. And there is this two Hebrew heroes speaking with Jesus and, and the three um, disciples that were there on the mountain. They're just watching it. And, you know, then you have some people... Then when there is a, a, the most serious moment where everybody should just stay quiet, they just say something, you know? Do you know somebody like that? You know, there is this moment where you, you just know, just, just, just keep quiet, please. And when you're going with that person somewhere, you already know. If there is going to be some moment, just, just please don't say anything, you know? And there is Peter, you know, and of course he says something. And, you know, during this moment, you know, he says, it's great to be here. And can we actually make some tents here? And then, you know, I, I imagine like in the movie, you know, the heavenly music just stops playing and everybody, you know, including the Hebrew, Hebrew heroes just look at him and he say, what? <laughs> Shut up, Peter. <laughs> it's just, we're on the mountain of transfiguration. Um, and then so he says, okay, okay. And then heavenly music starts playing again and, you know, everything ends up well. And then this sentence is happening and I just had to say this because I love the Bible and how... It is relevant to this day and how it's not only that much serious. Sometimes it's also funny and it is funny in this context. So there is this sentence. This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And there you can actually see the four gifts of the father. Maybe you heard about one or two. I'm quite sure most of you haven't heard about the four of them. Each of those four gifts that are in this sentence is incredibly important. And even if we miss out just one of them, it can cause our inability to give and receive good things in our relationships. Even if you're here today, you know you had great parents that tried their best. You can still have the deficit in your relationships because this is how we are created we are created with a corrupted image in us we need the perfect father our earthly parents cannot just fill our hearts perfectly just not possible and so there are four gifts of the father the first one is father's identity when god the father says this is my son this is my son second gift is father's love when he says, this is my son whom I love. Not only my son, but the son whom I love. Third gift is father's pleasure. Because then he says, with him I am well pleased. You can be a son or a daughter. You can be loved. But another thing is, when a parent says to you, I am proud of you. That's another thing. That's another gift. 
And maybe you knew you were loved. Maybe you knew you were daughter and son and daughter. But you never heard those words, I'm proud of you. And, and that there is something missing if you never actually heard those words. Because it's another gift. And then the fourth gift is father's place. Listen to him. When, when the father gives you authority, when he gives you permission, when he trusts you. And now we'll have a closer look at each of these gifts. The first gift is father's identity. This is my son. Identity is crucial because it gives basis for our self-worth. Who are we? What we believe about who we are determines how we treat, treat ourselves and how we treat others. The identity is given by sentences like, you are. You are. You know, if, if you heard a sentence like, you are so immature, or you are stupid, or you are actually, I wish you were studying like your brother is studying, which means basically you were, you know, your brother is better than you, you know? You're worse than your father. So these sentences, they actually have an effect, big effect on us. Because they form our identity. A father either builds identity or corrupts it. By the way, I'm speaking about the father, but if what I'm saying relates more to your mother, then it's okay. You know, it, it can be also like that. But understand me well, this sermon is not against parents. I'm also a parent and I also preach this to myself because I want my children to experience as much of all four gifts I can give them, but I just am aware that I cannot give them the fullness of the gifts because only the perfect father can. So I'm not speaking against, against parents. I'm speaking about the perfect father. So this is the first gift. The second gift is father's love, whom I love. Love is not measured by our conviction that we um, have manifested it, as love is only truly shown if it has been received. You know, um, there is a book, maybe you know it, Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And I believe it contains very key principles because love is not flat and every person receives it differently. My older daughter does not care much about hugs and words. I would love to hug her. She doesn't want to. Ma, you know, for, and if she is willing to hug me a bit, I'm so happy. And now you have to earn it. You have to earn five seconds of the hug with her. By what? By spending quality time with her. Doing what she wants. Then maybe she'll give you a few seconds <laughs> of hugging. That's what I would need. Thank God I also have a second daughter who loves hugging. So actually that's for me, you know. So... My younger one is all about hugs and words. It's so important for her. So look for ways how to love your kids because they're each individual. We are each individual. Also, maybe your parents just try to give you love, but try to give you love, try to give you identity was just lost in translation because we're just, you know, we're not so good in communication oftentimes. And so the gift of love brings security and lack of love, of course, brings insecurity. And every one of us carries a, what is called a fingerprint from a father. So while growing up, our soul is like wax. And we're easy to put a mark on, but also we're very sensitive because the bad marks from our childhood are likely to stay until the end of our life if we don't let God heal them 
and if you're not willing to open up ourselves to healing process, we need to open up. We need to be transparent. We need to share things with somebody that we trust. That's why also one of the big reasons we have church. And we need to let God heal and make us whole. Third gift is Father's pleasure. With Him I am well pleased. And this is a bit tricky because it's a bit different than love or identity. It shows that Father is pleased with us, that He's proud of us, happy about us. And it's also tricky because it needs to be said out loud. You know, maybe, maybe you, you, you saw your father, like his, uh, his, his eyes were, were shining and he would love to say this, but he never heard it from his father. So he just, he didn't have the strength to say it. Words built. And maybe you're today in, on a place and, and, and you know, you know, because these, these gifts and these, these deficits, they're often given by generation to generation to generation until somebody breaks the cycle. Until a perfect father comes and helps you to break the cycle in your family. If you regularly heard those words, I'm proud of you from your parents, you can be very grateful because many people actually never hear them. Fourth gift is Father's place. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. And this gift is linked with responsibility, with authority, with trust. Every one of us desires that our Father would see something good in us and would trust us with something important. That they would let you to do stuff. You know, some people are like, they want to do things by ourselves because they actually don't trust anyone to do it as well as they can do it. This is not how true leaders raising people it's not how we as fathers and mothers should raise our kids because actually if we do things ourselves only our kids or if you're a leader in church actually other people will never grow and you won't grow either you only stay where you are people you know under you won't grow because they need authority authority needs to be given there needs to be trust in relationships and so this is the gift actually that I felt the most from my father because my dad actually appointed me as a youth pastor and secured a full-time position in church while he was still pastoring and he was criticized for, criticized for that. Because, you know, he, of course he did it because, you know, he's your son. That's what comes to people's minds, you know. And one couple even left the church because of that because they said, you know, this is the last, this is the last bit, you know. You put your your son into leadership. Yet he believed in me. He gave me that fourth gift, authority and trust. So what if we lack these gifts? There is identity. Who are you? Who am I? There is love. I know that I'm loved. There is, there is pleasure. I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. And there is, there is place. Go. I trust you. All these four gifts are extremely important. As, as I said, even if one of them is missing, it can have a very, very bad effect on us. In my last part, I will focus on the effect which the lack of the Father's gift can have on our life. If your life is sufficient in this fatherly gift, then you may be able to receive healthily and give healthily in your relationships. But most of us 
will probably have some kind of a deficiency. I know this is not an easy topic. I know this is not an easy sermon, but it's very important. Trust me. There is not many topics more important than this one. Maybe your deficit is hidden. You never told it to anyone. Maybe you diminished its effect on you because you thought you actually had great parents. But it is still there. I want to challenge you today to be very sincere to yourself. This topic is interesting because sometimes there are seasons when, you know, this is being said and absolutely nothing. It just does not touch you. But then maybe a year later, maybe six months later, you will listen to it and it will hit you like a wall. So if you're today here and if nothing, listen to this is in six months or in a year, maybe. You'll be in a season where you will see this is very important and this is very actual for you. So there are two kinds of deficiency. There is emptiness and then there is trauma. Emptiness is tricky because we actually, you know, if I ask you, if I ask you, what do you feel when you think about your father and you would say nothing, well, that says a lot. Because we shouldn't feel nothing. You know, if there is nothing, then there is some deficiency. Something's missing and it says a lot. Emptiness can cause two things. Either it can trigger insensibility, which means that we close up that part of ourselves connected to what we missed in relationship with our father. But the problem is we don't feel much. And there are some of you who can't cry. You just can't cry. You don't know how to do it. I was like that. I couldn't cry. Only God was always holding the keys to my tears. He was good at it. But no one else. That is insensibility. Because if we close up our heart, and of course we protect it from bad things, the problem is that we keep it closed also for good things. And we, don't, we can't let also good things come out. Because it's just closed. So maybe you don't feel like you're closed. Good idea is always to ask a close friend or the partner. Maybe your wife or your husband is telling you, open up more, please, I need more of you. You don't know how to do it. Maybe today is, an, is a bit piece of an answer for you. Maybe there is insensibility. Or emptiness can create a gap in us. A gap that we try to fill up mostly with anything. And it just does not work because that gap can be filled only with perfect father. And trying to fill up that empty spot, we run. We run to bad places, to bad habits, to bad people. Just not to healing. Because healing takes time and requires up requires us to open up. Right now we have, a, we have a sermon series in our church and it's called, it's called um, Holy Spirit versus Cheap Dopamine. And we actually speak about, you know, our, our tendency to gain very cheap and quick pleasure is the biggest obstacle for the Holy Spirit power in our lives. Maybe what you run to is just online content or television or sitting and drinking in a bar in the night and you just know it can't fill you it can't because it's just throwing rocks into 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 a big hole can't be filled so it, emptiness can create insensibility or a gap in us 
And then there is trauma, which also causes two things. Basically, trauma means pain. And it causes two things. The first one is self-defense. You've been there, you see people, you saw people being there, of course. When somebody touches us where we hurt, we overreact. You know, we can be aggressive, defensive, offended. You may know the saying, hurt people, hurt people. I'm sure you experienced it already with someone or with yourself. You said an innocent thing and the second person outbursted. And you thought like, what, what just happened? You didn't understand, but that person was hurting and you touched it. So when there is, when there is pain, when, when you have maybe moments you overreact, you don't know why. This is because there is pain that needs to be addressed. You need to let someone know about it, lead you. And, you, and, and the most important thing, you need the perfect father to enter your heart in a new way and let him do his work of wholeness in you. And trauma also can cause distortion because our reality is deformed. And maybe because we had a def deficit of trust from our father and we, he did, we did not feel he believes in us, we can try to prove people we will handle it. And we, we can make very unwise decisions because our reality is just not right. We just try to be the best. We just, yeah, no problem. I will, I will do it. I will make it. Then we don't because our reality is just not right because there is pain. We need to compensate the pain by proving we're so good, by proving we'll handle it. Sometimes we just don't see clear reality clear, clearly through our trauma. That's what trauma does. And again, we need to let the perfect father touch and heal our wound. We need to start our, healthy proce our healing process in order to become more and more healthy and open up to someone. Guys, maybe I now look as a wise pastor who is speaking this stuff, you know, and, uh, and it just sounds good. This is actually the story of my life. I'm seeing a guy that's doing pastoral counseling to me for three and a half years now. Most of the time I've been leading my church, I've been seeing this guy. And there were times I didn't want to live anymore while being a pastor. And it does help some of you that I said it now. Because experiencing this doesn't mean that you don't belong here. It just means you need a perfect father. This is the place for broken people because guess what? We are all broken. All of us here are broken. We need his identity. We need his love. We need his pleasure. We need his place. In which area in your life do you feel emptiness or pain? Is it identity that gives value? Love that brings security? Pleasure that gives healthy energy and motivation? Or place that brings honor and courage? And does the emptiness cause insensibility? You basically don't feel much. Or the gap you're just trying to fill and you feel like a monster just trying to eat everything and just, you're just not full. 
Or does the trauma cause self-defense? You find yourself overreacting often. Being in self-defense, just trying to, trying to hold on and stay at least a bit okay. Building the walls around you. Or does it, does it cause distortion? I believe God speaks when we're open. And today we have a perfect opportunity to let one only perfect father enter the areas in us that need restoration. Amen. Maybe there is just one sentence that made sense for you today. Just one of these gifts, that's, that's more than enough. You have something to work with now. It's not a shame to share your issues. It is a way to victory. My healing journey to wholeness is actually way more important for me than the whole ministry thing, guys. It's way more important for me. And maybe if you asked me three years ago, who are you? I would tell you, you know, I'm a pastor of a freshly uh, planted church, you know, and we do so well and blah, 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 and church blah, and, you know, pastor blah. Thank God. Today, if you ask me, who are you? I would say, and if a Czech person says this, oh man, it needs to be true. Because we just don't like to play around. I would tell you, I'm a son. Because who I am, who I've, who he made me is actually really way more important for me than the whole ministry thing. It's just more precious because it stays. You don't need to chase anything. You don't need to always want more. You don't need to, to try to fill up the gap that is in you. And you know the gap is there. And you just can't fill it because the gap is already gone, you know? You don't have to fill up anything because you have it. Because you received it. Because you have... Well... You actually don't have it. You are it. <laughs> you are the son. You are the daughter. Amen. And if, you are, if we are willing to work towards the healing, God is always meeting us on that journey. That moment when you start to believe God is good about every thought. It's actually always, you know, often I, I come to that moment and I'm like, God, you're actually way better than I thought. And I was always like, even better than I thought yesterday. And today I will pray at the end of this sermon that God overwrites every sentence that you've heard when you were growing up that you couldn't erase since then. And that he overwrites every, that he overwrites every lie and every hurting memory that was fingerprinted on you when you were growing up. Because he wants you to become a son and a daughter. There are multiple roles in the Bible that we get, you know. We can be God's servants. And actually during worship, this, this was the idea that I got, that I know I, I'm supposed to, to tell here today. Some of you guys, you consider yourselves to be servants of the living God. It's good, but there is more. You're not just the servants. You're not just the servants. Maybe you try to, to please your parents. You always try to measure up. And that's, that's often when, when we, then we, we become servants and we stay servants. And you know, you're proud of yourselves that you're 
helping in church and that's always good and God is also proud of you but he wants you to become more I wouldn't want my kids to become my servants or stay my servants oh I want my kids to be my kids so maybe you're a servant it's time to change that today because there is a gift for you waiting with a perfect father or you know God actually says you know I don't call you servants I called you my friends Maybe you're a friend of God. That's also great. But guys, there is more. God, there is more. Maybe your parents were your friends. You know, this always, your father was your, was your good friend. and He was a homeboy, you know. But you need a father. Not only a friend. So there is more if you're only a friend of God. So who are you? There is more. God says to Jesus, you are my beloved son. With you I'm well pleased. And he says also to all the daughters today in this room, you are my beloved daughter. With you I am well pleased. Please let us close our eyes now. And if you want to start today your healing journey, by proclaiming over you that you believe that God is ready to give you the fullness of the four gifts for him if you're ready for that please say these two sentences with me first guys men let's say it out loud together you are my son whom I love with you I'm well pleased. And now, ladies, I don't know if I should read it with you. <laughs> Let's go. You are my daughter, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. There is more. God wants to fill you with his gifts he wants to fill you with himself so that you don't have to fill any gaps Amen. right now I'm going to pray for you and then I would ask the leaders to come forward and if you want to receive also a prayer and a blessing or if you want to open up to one of your leaders over the things that you know you have to deal with after today please do it it may not be quick it took me three and a half years and I thought I would be quicker. And there was big frustration over my slowness. But God was with me in that process. And he knows why. Because wholeness is a big thing. And it will be a big thing. And church needs to be filled with whole people. Because we know how to do it. We have every resource to get it. We're in the right place to get it and to become sons and daughters. Please stand up with me, if you may, if you want. And receive a blessing. Jesus, thank you that you are a perfect father. Thank you that you came, that our lives would be full, that you would give us fullness. Fullness of your gifts, fullness of your presence in our lives. God, I pray for every gap that is now 
in your people in this house. I pray that you would fill it up. You would start to fill it up today, now. That you would slowly become the answer to the big gaps in us. I pray that you would correct the distortions. I pray that you would break through the insensitivity that is in us. I pray that you would break up those that we cannot cry, that some of us, some of your people would actually start to cry for the first time today, knowing that they can, that you created us like this, that you open up the fullness of, of emotions, how you created us and we can express it. Please, Jesus, bring healing to this place. Become a perfect father to us. And I, Jesus, pray as a last thing for courage to become people on a journey to start up the healing process and to be patient with ourselves with you on the process in the name of Jesus amen if you want to receive prayer come quickly forward leaders will pray with you God bless you